Hello everyone, this is Richard with Richard Runs Trails. This is episode 52 and um, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Um, I'm bringing you the live stream from my Brazos Bend celebration um, uh, live stream. Uh, it took place just uh, a few days ago. I finished Brazos Bend 100 um, on December 4th and 5th and had a nice live stream, talked about the race, um, some of the things that came up during the race like almost being attacked by an alligator um, but it's pretty good uh, discussion hope you like it if you'd like to see the video you can find it on my youtube channel which is also named richard runs trails uh, hope you have a great day and a good run if you'd like to get a hold of me for uh, questions or like to be on a podcast or live stream send me an email runner rwe at gmail.com take care and enjoy the the audio. Hi, this is Richard with Richard Runs Trails. I'm uh, one second. I'm make sure I'm live on YouTube. Coming soon. Just hold on one second. Waiting for to go live. Yeah, it takes a few minutes. Um, last weekend was Brazos Bend, so we're going to talk about Brazos Bend, 100 miler, and basically all things uh, ultra running. I still can't see myself live, so that's why I'm waiting. Um, in Texas, it's getting kind of cold to today. Um, I know it went under freezing because a lot of plants in my in my garden died, um, which is unfortunate. Also, my banana trees don't look too good. They went from green to dark brown. But on um, midday, the temperature got up mid-50s. It was really nice to go running. It was really nice to go running. Okay. My mistake. I was live. I just didn't check it correctly. Um, anyways, today we're going to talk about Brazos Band. And I'm going to talk also a lot of tips and tricks on... Uh, running 100 milers, I've got all kinds of um, accessories and um, ointments and lotions and you name it, it's on my table. So we'll talk about it. And um, also anything that you would like to talk about, let me know in the chat and we can talk about it. Well, <clears throat> let's get started. Um, Brazos Bend uh, 100 takes place in Brazos Bend State Park which is near Houston. 
Um, a little bit hoarse, dry throat, and I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. Um, Brazos State Park, it's is near Needville, Texas. It's about one hour, I guess, west, northwest of Houston. Um, no, southwest of Houston, because we are very close to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I think our elevation was about 40 feet. That's why we had the the swamp and marshes and we had the alligators on the, on the course. It was a very interesting course. Um, so the course, like I said, was at Brazos State Park. Um, I got there the Friday night before the race, actually Friday afternoon. My brother and his wife were there already. I wanted to get a campsite because unfortunately there, they don't have any campsites. So I was staying in kind of the primitive area, which wasn't very primitive. It was actually quite nice. It was near the um, the mess hall that that Rob Gowan, the race director, had rented. And there were a few people that had set up camp there. Well, I only have a what I call a um, it's a tent cot, um, so it's about three by ten. You know, enough room for me to sleep in it, but it's very easy to set up and very easy to carrying my small car. <clears throat> well, I got there around four o'clock and set up and um, chatted with um, family. And uh, my family did not go, but my brother and his wife were there. So we chatted for a while and um, kind of looked around, trying to go to sleep a little bit early. It was about seven because it's getting dark at six. Um, fell asleep pretty quickly. Um, but unfortunately people kept coming out there to set up, um, tents until about 11 o'clock. So it kept waking me up. I, um, anyways, I was able to go back to sleep and I got up around three, three 30. It's a little bit earlier than I wanted to get up, but, um, I may do, I got ready. I got ready for my stuff and, uh, I decided I was going to drive my car to the start finish line which is another part of the park. So I didn't have to walk. It was gonna, it's about a, almost a mile walk. So I drove and got a parking place and just camped out in my car. The race started at six o'clock. And uh, so when the race started, it was still dark. And um, we got started around six o'clock in the morning and uh, it was a little bit a little bit cool for Texas weather, but I mean, it was really nice. It was like 57, 58 people up North are saying that's not cool at all, but for us, that's pretty cool. And we were really blessed with good weather, you know, earlier in the week, even Tuesday, Wednesday before the race, it said it was going to be like 70% rain for Saturday and 40% for Sunday. We didn't get any rain. And the forecast that on Saturday morning was clear skies. So it got up to close to 80 during the day. And I think from people from up north thought it was really hot, but I thought it was great. So overall, the weather was good. It did, it was challenging because it got, it was kind of cool. And then it got very um, humid, <coughs> excuse me, humid and then cool again at night. So it really made it challenging in regards to chafing. And I think it also tore up my feet a little bit because of that, but it really didn't get hot. It was just very humid and uh, temp a lot of temperature changing. Um, well, we got started around six o'clock 
um, the course, 16.7 mile loops. There were six loops and uh, kind of like three, um, three mini loops within the loop, I would say. The first loop takes you out uh, kind of in a swampy area. Actually, the most swampy area. So imagine a, a trail. It's a little bit bigger than a trail, but smaller than a Jeep road. And that's in the crushed, crushed rock. That's what, that's what the trail was like. So because of that, I wore my, um, my Hokamot force. And, uh, first time I've ever worn a road shoe in an ultra marathon. Uh, even the ultras that I've done on the road, I've worn trail shoes. Um, Really happy with my Mach 4s. I use them for daily running, like I've said in a lot of my videos. Um, my daily runs usually around 10K. You know, it's a couple miles on the road, a couple miles on the trails, and they work really well for that. I think it's like my fourth pair of Mach 4s. Really good shoe. So I decided to use it in an Ultra. I think they did pretty well. Only thing I would say is... Um, the EVA is real thick. You can see I got quite a bit of wear on my um, on the sole, and basically I only ran two miles before the race. So this is um 100% wear is from the race. So it's got about 102 miles on it. Very comfortable. I think they did well for me, but I think there's something to having a rock plate. You know, I've always thought of rock plates. You know, big rocks, sharp rocks. But I think when there's no rock plate in here, it makes the shoe very malleable, you know. And when you're running on the uneven ground with crushed rock, I think there's a lot of flex in the shoe. And I got a lot more blisters than I usually would in a 100-mile race. I had some on the top of my toes, which never happened before. And uh, usually in, a, in, a, in most 100Ks and 100-mile races, I get, you know, maybe a little bit on the heel. I mean, it's just you know, time on feet, you know, when you're running 26 to 29 hours or jogging, hiking, running, I do a combination of everything. Time on feet, if you're on your feet more than a day, you're going to get some blisters, even no matter how you prepare. But I really get, I don't get very many blisters. And I think it's because of my process. But these shoes gave me more than normal. And maybe because of how it's built up here is different than Ultra. And it's a little bit these Mach 4s I like better than the Clifton's because they have a little bit more room, so it's true to size. But they don't have as much room as an Ultra, like an Ultra Olympus or an Ultra Temp. So maybe that extra room is also preventing me from having um, blisters on top. I've never had those before, so I've got to blame the Hoka's on that. But um, I think the Hoka did me very well in the race. I may even look into trying to... Uh, I've got some evil Mafates, which are just too narrow. I use them for training runs. That's the one that Jim Walmsley won uh, Western States with. But I might try the Speed Goats again. I've tried them on for fit before. They were too snug. But maybe the, I don't know, I may try the Hoka trail shoes again, the Speed Goats. I'd love to wear Speed Goats. They just didn't fit me in the past. But, you know, they've had several reiterations since then. You know, my... My races, I'm mostly using the Ultra Olympus. Very wide in the toe box. Does me really good. Um, anyways, 
five, uh, six, 16.7 mile loops. Um, the first loop, you know, basically you had a bank on each side of you and it goes into the swamp. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of birds, a lot of alligators. You could see the alligator's eyes sometimes, and sometimes they were on the bank. Um, when I took off in the morning, I didn't really see any. I was new to the area, and we only had about an hour of um, nighttime before the sun came up. <clears throat> but first loop ran a little bit harder than I probably should have. I mean, I was doing 10, 10 20 miles. That's about what I trained with. So usually uh, in ultras, I run slower than that, but it just felt comfortable. And so I think I did, I did most of the first loop at that pace and I was able to bank some time because usually um, anything that I'm running faster than a 15 minute mile, I'm really banking time for the end of the race because I gradually get slower just because my body deteriorates, you know, I'm not able to run the whole hundred miles, at least not yet. I'm getting better and better. I mean, hundred K I pretty much, um, I don't really hike any of a, of a hundred K unless it's really steep hills. So I'm getting pretty good, but I'm not capable to run the whole hundred miles. I have to do a lot of hiking and speed walking towards, you know, the second half. Um, but first, first loop went pretty well. I was wearing a tank top. And I was using these Ultra Spire bottles. I had one in each hand. I don't know if you can see it very well. There we go. They were pretty well. Disclosure, I was on the Ultra Inspire team for a couple of years. I just ended that. I think they make really good products. And if you want to be on an ambassador team, they're probably the best. <coughs> Jody, which runs the team, is just top notch. Really good. And they give a good discount. The only reason I quit Ultra Spire is because I really I don't use Instagram anymore and I don't use Facebook. So I really wasn't doing much for them except for my videos and my podcast. So I decided this year to give up all my ambassadorships. So I gave up Exoskin. I gave up Ultra Spire. I gave up Squirrels Nut Butter. Also, I think it so that I can give really honest reviews on everything. Um, but I think Ultra Spire is a really good product. I did have a little bit of problem leaking here. I don't know if uh, one of them was leaking because I had a fall in one race and I always brace myself on my bottles and um, some of my Nathan bottles and one of my Ultra Spire bottles and blew the top off. I mean, I hit the ground so hard, but the bottle took the, the impact. And I don't know if I messed up the threads or whatever, but the threading is not tight enough. I was getting a little bit of a leak. So... Other than that, these bottles are good. You can you can put your hand around any way you want, and uh, they work really well. But I use these. I don't use the pockets on them very much. They're kind of small. You can fit a gel in there or two, but I think they're a little bit small. But um, I use these during the day. So it was a six-loop race. So I basically finished 50 miles before the sun went down or it was starting to go down. And then at night, I switched to my Ultra Spire pack. I don't have that here, but that's kind of a strategy that I use in all my 100 milers. And why do I do that? I have problems with my lower back sometimes. And um, my idea is that if I switch it up, you know, my arms are carrying the, 
stuff during the day. And then at night, my back and lower back is carrying the pack. Also, I'm able to use two lights um, during, or and also during the last 20 miles of a 100 miler, I needed in a Rocky Raccoon the last 10 miles. I can use my hiking poles. If you're carrying bottles, you can't use hiking poles. So a pack works better for at night and you can carry more stuff that you might need. I carry extra batteries and extra light. I always use two lights. Um, why do I do that? Carry extra batteries. It's probably overkill. I'll tell you a story. My first 100K, Bandera 100K, um, I thought I'd finish in like 16 hours, you know, just made sense. I mean, I knew what my 50K time was and all that. Kind of doubled it. And uh, so I had, I had, um, you know, the black diamond light like this, I think was this exact one. I've got several of these. They work really well. They'll last uh, up to eight hours. Well, that 100K didn't take me 16 hours. It took me almost 20 hours. Or Because in my first 100K, I got beat up. Anyways, I'm not kidding. I had no extra batteries. I had one light. And it lasted me until about two miles from the finish line. It was pitch dark. I mean, I had an iPhone with me. I could have used that. But um, I learned a valuable lesson. Also, when you change your batteries in an Ultra, and if it's really dark, it's really kind of hard to change your batteries without another light. So you need two lights, unless you're in an aid station. You time it right. Um, for me, the timing, I usually don't run out of batteries because I carry multiple lights. But um, the times I've had to do it wasn't in an aid station. So it's good to have two lights. Um, always use a headlamp. Always carry a headlamp. I've got two of them. I got that one. And I've also got a newer Black Diamond. They work really well. They use four AAA batteries. And when I wrap my batteries and put them in my pack, I use saran wrap and wrap them in the quantity. So I got some that are four AAA batteries. I've got some that are three AAA batteries. I've got an Ultra Aspire Waste Light. I like this one. The new ones have lithium ion, but um, I like the, the ones with the cell batteries. Um, we could talk about that a long time. I've been in the lithium, lithium ion battery business. I know it's more environmental friendly and all that, but I'll tell you what, for your headlamps, it's better to go with cell batteries. Why? Lithium ion, you need a USB or you have to carry a 18650 battery, which is pretty big uh, with you. You need USB to charge it. Whereas the older technology, which is less environmental friendly, but Alkaline batteries, you can just wrap them in saran wrap and put them in your pack. So I carry that. I always carry this Nathan light. The nice thing about it is it uses two AA batteries and it will last a long time, maybe 10 hours. I always have this in my pack. So if I'm using one headlamp, I always have this with me. And sometimes if it's real foggy, I'll carry the, this is a hand light. I'll carry it in my hand and have one on my head. And that works really well because the headlamp is fixed in front of you. And the one in your hand, you can move side to side. Like if you hear something or you want to see it, look at a root or something like that. 
it's uh, the, the one in your hand is variable, so it works really well. But anyways, in the race, I just because it was a almost no elevation race. I mean, it's just a few hundred feet over 100 miles. It's unbelievable. It's pretty flat. That's why there's a lot of fast times at that at that race. I just used my headlamp. I carried my my Nathan light in my pack, but never pulled it out. And it worked really well. Um, but going back to the race, first lap went pretty well. Um, pretty fast miles for me, basically in my training pace. And then the second the second lap um, slowed down some. It started to get hotter. I mean, I'm talking about it went from about 60 into the mid-70s probably. Very humid. I'm glad I had a tank top on. But um, there were many people that went out in the race. Um, they um, they had um, a sweatshirt on, long sleeve shirt, long tights on. Oh my God, they were they were dying. They were shedding clothes all over the place. But I had my um, my Brooks shorts on, in my tank top, and my two bottles. So I was I was I was loving it. But I. You know, going in the second, the second loop, you know, went pretty, um, nothing, nothing exciting happened too much. I saw some alligators, saw one on the bank. I mean, a really big one. <coughs> and I got a picture with it. I basically ran by it. But we're talking, you know, you see alligators on TV, you know, they, yeah, they look kind of scary and all that. When you see them in person, man, it's like Jurassic Park. I mean, these things are huge. The one that I passed that I'm talking about, it was the size of a VW Bug or something. It's huge. Um, but he was kind of bluish in color. And it got explained to me later, you know, that they're in a kind of hibernation state. They call it bromation or something like that. But anyways, these alligators are laying on the bank. Um, and they're just soaking up the sun. And supposedly, the way I understand it is, their heart rate drops to like five beats a minute and they're just hanging out unless they say, as long as you don't go up and touch them on the back or something, they're not going to bother you. Even people running right by them, they don't do nothing. They just lay there. It's kind of weird. So they're kind of in hibernation on the bank. So saw quite a few of those um, in that one first, first loop section. Um, the second the second loop section was more of just traditional forest added um, some trails and stuff there was some kind of tacky area not muddy but tacky and then the third loop was really boring it went out you couldn't even see the lake at all it went out like four miles and then you had to turn around and come back it was like running down a jeep road i really didn't like that <coughs> It was a lot like Rocky Raccoon, some some sections of Rocky Raccoon. But second loop, I can I was eating um, just kind of junk food. I really don't like doing that. But they really didn't have many gels. I was kind of disappointed with that at the aid stations. Some of the aid stations they had these base gels called from base. You know, they also make um, hydration. Just called base. I never I've drank the hydration before, but I never drank had the gels before. But I think at two day stations, they had the base gels, and I, I did take a few of those. But for the most part, first 50 miles, I was just eating bananas, some chips, 
Um, I've had a few base gels and then just living off of Gatorade, hydration, and base hydration. That's a little bit different for me. Usually in the day part of the race or the first half of the race, I'm, I'm taking a lot of gels. I try to get in like, I don't know, 250 to 300 calories per hour, but I wasn't doing that. I was a little bit disappointed with what they had at the aid stations. Um, I think they had a, they had better situation in the past. Now at night, it got better. At night, I, went, I really went to stick with, with real food, had no gels. I was eating ramen and um, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes were great. <coughs> you know, instant mashed potatoes. Tastes terrible if you ever just eat them for dinner. But during a, a trail race, instant mashed potatoes are pretty good. But that was pretty much my nutrition. I had um, I had some quesadillas, but um, mostly mashed potatoes. Um, going into the third loop, so I, t- I talked about the second loop. Going into the third loop, um, it started to get a little bit hotter. You know, it was like three or four in the afternoon. And uh, I think it was the hottest part of the day. Um, I saw some people just kind of camped out, trying to get ice down and all that. I didn't need any ice. I thought, you know, yeah, I was getting warmer, but, you know, I'm from Texas, you know, I'm I'm running in 90-degree weather most of the year. So low 80s, you know, it was challenging, but the high humidity made it a little bit challenging. But I think that was one advantage that I had over a lot of the folks that came from Colorado or, you know, more northern areas. Because there's a high DNF rate. I think almost half the runners DNF in the race. I think that's pretty normal. Most hundreds in Texas, that's the case. It's usually on these flat courses like Rocky Raccoon, Brazos Man, they go out too fast, get beat up too bad, or they're just not used to the heat. <coughs> I took it easy. I know better. I mean, it's like my 31st Ultra, I think, something like that. So going into the Finishing the third loop, going into the fourth loop, it was, it was you know, basically I um, was drinking some coffee at the main aid station before I go out on the new loops. I had some cold brew and a big, big jug. That always works pretty well. But, you know, there's some difference. You know, I drink a lot of coffee. I'm a coffee addict. But hot coffee definitely does something different than cold coffee. You know, maybe it has the same caffeine, but it just doesn't affect you the same. And, you know, I was drinking some at the start finish, but I started feeling tired. And then I just got a small styrofoam cup of instant coffee at one of the aid stations. And it was like somebody injected me with something. It just totally different. It's exactly what I needed. But <clears throat> started off the fourth loop. And, you know, the first loop, which I, the first mini loop I told you is mostly swamp. Um, pretty challenging. Like if you had to go to the pee or something, you know, usually just pull off the trail and pee you couldn't on the first loop on the first mini loop because if there's someone near you they would see you you know usually you kind of go off the trail you can't go off the trail i mean but the bank the bank is on both sides of the trail and they're alligators um even i think it was like the second mile into the the first mini loop this is loop four i'm going down the trail and i have my headlamp only and I didn't do it on purpose, but I was kind of looking side to side and I saw something. So I kind of looked over and it was a big alligator. 
and the alligator had his head on the bank. So the rest of his body was out in the water, but just his head was on the bank. So I shined my my light into his eyes, and I didn't mean to do that, but he didn't really do much. He kind of opened his mouth, but I just kept going. I think it was about a few minutes later. I mean, I was probably 50 yards further down the trail. I hear these two ladies scream. And um, I think what happened was he got pissed off when I shined his light, my light in his eyes. These two ladies came along and um, they shined light on him. So he let out this roar. I mean, it sounded like a gorilla or something I mean, or a, a Russian boar. You know, you, you've heard I've heard Russian boars and trail runs. They let out these roars and it just echoes the whole canyon. <laughs> he had a major roar. So um, and he kind of moved fast in the water. So I kind of jumped and sped up. And um, and then I don't know, for maybe 10, 15 yards and then I stopped. I want to make sure the ladies were okay. <coughs> and they, they were fine. So I kept running and um, I saw them at the next aid station. And I uh, talked to Weeks. I said, the alligator was a bit scary. And they go, yeah, we thought he was attacking you. They thought it was coming after me. I thought it was coming after me too. But um, he never came out of the water. He just scared us all. But... Um, you know, if an alligator wants to get you, he's going to get you. I mean, they can run 30 miles an hour and they're faster than any human can run. And they can hold that pace for like 50 yards, maybe longer. <coughs> they usually don't bother humans and they don't come out after you. You have to be careful with small children. But even I saw small children out there during the day. They say really the only ones, the only thing at risk is small dogs. Don't let the dogs get close to the water. Alligators are not like crocodiles. They just don't go after humans. But having said that, it's a bit spooky when you're running through the night and you can't see them. I mean, um, you can shine your light in the water. You'll see orange eyes, sometimes red eyes. That's uh, the alligators. And what's bizarre is oh, there's so many birds out there. I mean, they're like screaming all night long, making noises and stuff. You know, how do they don't all get eaten by the alligators? I don't know. Because they make so much noise. Alligators know exactly where they are. I just thought that was kind of bizarre. I mean, sometimes when you're running down the trail, I had one case where I, after I learned my lesson, I wasn't going to shine my eyes. In, I wasn't going to shine my light into any more alligator eyes. So I'm going down the trail and I'm just kind of breaching the edge of the tr of the trail, which is pretty wide, like I, I mentioned. It's wider than a normal trail, but smaller than a Jeep road. It's probably big enough so that you can drive a golf cart down it. That's that's the width of the trail. But both sides of the trail goes is a bank, basically a steep bank into the swamp. <clears throat> One time I'm going down the trail. This is on the fourth lap, same, same lap. And I glanced over and I saw this huge tail. I mean, huge. I just saw the tail only. I mean, it's like passing a dinosaur. He was facing the swamp, so he didn't see me. And I remembered one thing I learned in the pre-race briefing, the park ranger said, if you do get in a situation where you have to pass an alligator, always go around their tail. Don't pass in front of their mouth. Well, I never had any situation where I had to really navigate that. 
But um, in those cases where I just passed their tail, I wasn't really concerned. And I didn't shine my light over there. I didn't want to aggravate them. But talking about keeping you moving and keep you moving when you see a big tail. I mean, it wasn't a small tail. I just can't imagine the size of the alligator. It was huge. You just tell by the, the thickness of the tail, you know. But that was the fourth that was the fourth loop. Um, you know, towards the end of the fourth loop, I'm, you know, almost finishing the 100K mark. Um, was eating real food. Felt pretty good. Um, also, in the fourth loop, I was wearing my pack and also changed my shirt to an ASIC shirt that's a, like a T-shirt, but it's all polyester. I never wear cotton. This works better for me. <coughs> also, because if I'm wearing a pack, I don't wear a tank top because it would shave me under the arms. Always wear a T-shirt. That's another tip. Um, also, lube under your arms. And uh, sometimes the 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 underbelly of the pack or like a um, zipper or something will shave you in a 100-mile race. You may never see it in a 50K race, but you want to lube yourself with um, like squirrel nut butter or whatever you use. I was using squirrel's nut butter. Um, I still got chafed, not under my arms, but on my back. I got chafed by my pack. I didn't lube back there. Um, maybe I should in the future. I've gotten chafed there before. But um, I never see that in a 100K race, but in a 100-mile race, it's just that extra, um, you know, 40, 38 miles, it makes a big difference. Um, got through the fourth loop pretty well. Um, I started really eating um, like I should. I ate mashed potatoes and stuff. Went into the fifth loop, you know, in the middle of the night, um, I really got spaced out by then. I think I saw one other runner, the fifth loop. By that time, you know, in the fifth loop, all the other races had finished, the 50-miler, the 25-mile, 25K. They had several races, but you're down to the 300, maybe, three, maybe 400, 100-mile runners, and then you got a big chunk of those that have DNF'd. So going into my fifth loop, I didn't see many people. Um, I know I was in the back of the pack and I saw one or two other runners I chatted with and ran with some, but pretty much I was by myself. It was nice and cool, maybe low 60s. The fog came out. It did get foggy, but I, I stuck with my headlamp because, you know, you're dealing with a flat trail. And we run the trail already four times, so I knew exactly where I was going. I mean, it's a pretty wide trail, so I really didn't, I did, really didn't have a need for two two lights um they have a lot of snakes out there but i only saw one grass snake a really big one but it was during the day didn't see any water moccasins or anything just saw a few alligators saw some deer <coughs> i saw some deer and um saw some buzzards i'll talk about that in a minute well there's some scary ones um fifth lab went pretty uh pretty well i think i came in I started the fifth lap around 17 hours, so I had plenty of time banked. I was in really good shape. Came back in, and uh, I think I had like seven and a half hours to finish with the last loop, so I was really doing good. I mean, it should take me no max five hours, 
you know, my earlier loops were taking me four hours, but I was slowing down a lot. So I was in good shape. I just had to go out and maintain and I can finish the race. And um, the fifth, so the fifth loop was pretty unadventurous. I mean, didn't run into any problems. The sixth loop, I didn't use my poles, but I really, my back, lower back was hurting some. I was leaning a little bit. Um, the, after the first mini loop, the sun came up. So I had two mini loops to finish during the morning and it got, it got warm again. I think it got up to about 80 by the time I finished again. It was a lot warmer than Saturday. So it was Sunday morning. I passed a lot of people on my last loop. There was just a lot of carnage out there. I've never, I mean, I've seen before in races where people, you know, get sticks and, and, uh, parts of trees to use them as hiking poles. I think a lot of people didn't think they would ever need hiking poles out there because it's flat. But tip, always take your hiking poles, always leave them in your bag. And if it's only a two lap race, second lap, put them in your, put them in your pack. It's worth it. It's insurance policy. Most races, almost all races let you use poles. Only like Havilene 100, some Ari Vipa races don't let you use poles. Um, Anyways, there were people, you know, getting sticks out of the forest. I mean, one guy had his ankle wrapped up and he was using two big sticks, you know. <coughs> Some people were being very creative, trying to keep going. But I never had to use my hiking poles. And on my sixth loop, I felt pretty good. So I only put one hiking pole in my pack. And that was just an insurance policy unless everything went south and I needed something to help me go along. But I never pulled it out. So I kind of bet basically uh, fast walked, I mean, really fast walked um, the last loop. Passed a lot of people. There were a lot of people just could barely move. And that's usually the case in hundreds. I mean, I've been there before. So I was pretty happy with my, my situation going into the last loop. So I kept it going. Um, the second mini loop. I ran into a bunch of buzzards. I mean, they were in really big trees above me. But we're talking about hundreds of buzzards. And these things were huge. I mean, like mini condors. And I don't know if it's because of my chafing or whatever. I, maybe I smelled bad or whatever. But I was just kind of hallucinating, thinking that they were following me. Because every time I look up in the trees, they were in the tree above me. <laughs> it's pretty weird. And they were flying around. <coughs> but at that point, I saw quite a few runners. So I was running. The fifth loop, I didn't see hardly anybody, but the sixth loop, I caught up on. I caught up on a bunch of people that were ahead of me on previous loops. So on four and five, they were ahead of me. On the sixth loop, I caught and passed a bunch of people. So I kind of caught a pack of twenty runners that were ahead of me. So I ran with some of them till the end of the race. Some of them I passed, but it wasn't as lonely as the uh, fifth loop because I don't use pacers. So I, you know, if I don't see other runners, I don't run with anybody. That's just kind of my policy. I don't use pacers in races or crews. Why? Because I just I just don't like to do it. Plus, I don't have any crazy friends that want to do it. Only one I know that that runs is my brother, and he's usually racing. So, um, actually, my brother had DNF'd in the race. He didn't do so well. He finished. He quit after three loops. So on the last loop, he ran uh the course backwards to meet up with me he met up with me i think about a mile from the finish line so we ran together to the finish and then i finished um i finished in 28 hours and four minutes which is pretty good for me i mean my pr which i did at, at um jalapeno 100 
I think he's like 2730. So I've never done anything better than 2730. I've had some races in 28s. Uh, Havelina 100 was in 29s. So was Rocky Raccoon. So I feel like I'm getting better, but um, I should have finished that race in the 27s, I think. I just um, wasn't, I didn't put enough mileage in the couple months before, I think. I, I need to pick that up. I know that. And that caused me to have to speed hike some of the, a lot more miles than I should have. I have Bandera 100K coming up beginning of January. I've done that five years in a row, so it'll be my sixth year. And then I have Run Love It, which is a really difficult 100-miler at the end of February. It's like a master's level. So I'm really working on trying to lose maybe another 10 pounds and build up even more strength. I feel much stronger. And then I'm going to try to get up my mileage to maybe 70 miles a week. I think that's doable, but that's a lot more than I've been doing. And cross-training with my bike. Um, then I'll be ready for Run Love It. Um, so I'm excited. So I've started my training again. Um, my feet got really beat up in the race. Um, I even had one uh, toenail come loose and I had to remove it. And then doing that, one of my toe, that same toe got infected. On Monday, I had to go to the doctor. I did a video call. And uh, so I've been on antibiotics all week long. Um, my feet were really throbbing and beat up and I had one infected toe. So it's much better now. I went out and I ran like three miles today. So I feel pretty good. So really start my next training block for Bandera 100K on tomorrow. Feel pretty good. Um, <coughs> still some tiredness in my legs and my, I felt a little bit of niggles in my feet. But I think they're okay. I'll just start out slow, you know, maybe run three miles again tomorrow. And then I'll try to jump to my 10K per day volume later in the week. And then um, later this month, I'm going to try to do 10 miles a day. I'm going to really try to beef up my mileage. But um, anyways, things went well for me. You can see here's my belt buckle. Really nice one. Um it does says I finished under 22 hours, which is not true. What happened was um, they upgraded my my buckle because they ran out of the standard one. They're actually going to send me that one too. So I'll, they said I can keep this one. So I might actually have two buckles from the same race, which would be nice. Um, it was nice of them to do that because sometimes when they run out of the right buckle, they just make you wait. And um, But... um. I wanted to talk about some other things, you know, tips and stuff. Um, I use squirrels nut butter under my arms, on my, you know, on my nipples and uh, chafing areas. But one of the biggest problem areas in chafing for 100 miles is, you know, your butt crack and, you know, your private areas, especially for ladies too. Um, I found that squirrels nut butter works pretty good. I also use trail toes. I like trail toes because it's a liquid. You can kind of put it, you know, in, especially in your butt area. It's a little bit easier to put in than if it's on a, a stick, you know. Um, there are some other ones out there. You know, squirrels nut butter also has the stick, and they also have these little ones, samples. They call them, you know, something to happy toes and stuff. It's all the same thing. You can put it anywhere you want on your body. 
Um, um, uh, Squirrels Not Butter has a special one for the winter, so it doesn't freeze. I think it's the one with beeswax. Um, um, this is one body glide used by triathletes. I find that it it's really gets really hard if it's cold, it's kind of challenging. Um, but the nice thing is they've got these small sticks, so they fit well in your pack. So body glide, body glide, trail toes, they all work well, I think. Trail toes is nice because they come in little pouches or you can get them in a little can and it's like a liquid and you can, you know, lather up an area a lot easier than you can on the stick. Um, I also have these um, suntan for the lips, chapsticks. Because usually when I, um, I don't spray the front of my face during the uh, in suntan, you know, I wear a hat. I mean, people see me with my bucket hats. I spray the sides of my face. I don't spray the front of my face. Even if you use sport, I've got some here, you know, sport. Um, the challenge is if you get some in your eye, it's going to burn. And uh, sport's not supposed to, but it still burns some. The regular one will burn the hell out of you. Sport is better. <coughs> um, what was I going to say? Also use spray. Spray is much better than using a liquid and a suntan lotion. Um, I just, I like it a lot. And you can use the generics. Uh, this one in particular is Target. Works really well. Um, I've also got one here I was going to show you. This is from HEB. HEB is a retail, uh, grocery store chain in the South. I don't think they have them too many outside of Texas. But much cheaper if you buy the generics. I mean, you don't have to buy the generics, but you'll pay more. But like Target one works really well. I buy this size. They have larger sizes. In a Walmart, the Equate versions, they work fine too. But do not buy the large sizes. And the reason I say that is because sometimes these sprayers stop working or they get clogged and you can't fix it. Then you have to throw the whole can away. And I've had that happen on a large Walmart one before. And you don't save too much money by buying the large cans. But these are a lot cheaper than Banana Boat and all the top land. If you buy any of the top brand under sport, you know, of course they're good, but the generic ones work fine. I use a lot of these. I live in Texas, have to use this almost every day of the year. Even now when it's getting colder, we still have a strong sun. So I know sunblock very well. And you wanna make sure you take this to races. Um, I always talk to tell the story of J&J &J where, you know, that's why I sometimes I, you know, I make people angry, but I think using crews and even pacers is cheating sometimes because they can remind you of stuff that you might forget. And J&J, uh, &J, I forgot to, I had the sunblock, but I forgot to reapply it. And the race started at night. It was 100K, but it started at 7 p.m. night. So I had sunblock on before the race started. But, you know, you sweat a lot during a race, especially running 60 miles. Um, I forgot to reapply it in the morning. Um, luckily, someone at a um, aid station had some. But I still got some. I got some extra sunburn because I didn't take care of myself. But sunblock is very important to take to races and keep some in the, your bag. I keep it on the outside of my bag because my bag has got like this mesh. I put those in there. Works really well. <coughs> that way you don't forget. And uh, 
But anyways, uh, one interesting thing is we're talking to one lady and she talked about, we talk about blood crack chafing. I mean, that's a real big problem for everybody. You know, like I said, trail toes is probably best for that because it's a liquid, but you need to reapply that, you know, a few times during the race. And, uh, but using buffs, there's a buff here. One lady said that a lot of ladies and her lady friends, they put a buff in their butt crack. Can you believe that? Seems like a good idea, but my question was, how does it stay in place? You know, it gets wet and it's from sweat. Why doesn't it fall out? But they say it doesn't. Um, but very interesting. I haven't tried that. Um, another thing that's really good for chafing, I, I brought this out to show everybody, Aquaphor. Um, you can see this. They use this on babies, you know, for uh, rash and stuff like that. But if you get chafed real bad, and I mean, I get some chafing from 100 miles, regardless of how much I loop, put this on there. Uh, within two days, the chafing is gone. It works really well. You can buy them in big tubes. Um, but I think the other brands probably do the same thing. But the one I use is Aquaphor. Um, somebody gave me this lead a while back, and I've been using it ever since. It works really good to heal chafing. Um, some other tips. Um, if you're an avid coffee drinker, like I said, you, you keep a, if it's a loop course, sometimes it's a few loops. Like in this case, it was six loops. I think most hundred milers are usually three or four loops. You know, just not many point to point races out there. But if there's a point to point race, there's a solution for that too. I carry these little Folger packs. I've been in races where most races have coffee, instant coffee. I've been in some races where um, they had the instant coffee, but they didn't have the boiling water. Sometimes they didn't have the coffee. So I always carry some. Like in this race, I carry some in my pack. I didn't have to use them because I had the um, the um, cold coffee. And then I had they had some at the aid stations. But I've been in a situation, I remember heavily in 100, didn't have any coffee. I just had my instant coffees and I just poured the coffee. <laughs> I poured these uh, dry crystals into Tailwind in my bladder. <laughs> I got my coffee. <coughs> Tasted kind of funky. They thought I was crazy. But I mean, if you're a coffee drinker and you need coffee, you need coffee, you know. How it gets in your body, you know, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, another thing you always wanted to use in races, I didn't use them in this race, but because my focus don't have them but always use gaiters gaiters are very important to keep rocks and, and stuff out of your shoes i see a lot of people even with ultras don't wear gaiters and that's one of the biggest advantage of ultras they have the best gaiter system these are ultra gaiters and ultra shoes are great for gaiters that's one disadvantage of hokas i've got special uh hokas um special gaiters for hokas made by third party but you have to add the Velcro to the shoe and it's just a pain. I think that's just one thing that ultra has a really a big heads up and on gaiters, you never want gaiters that go into your shoe. You want You want ones that go clip on or use Velcro. Gaiters are very important. Uh, what else? I have? Oh, we're talking about chafing. I'll save you some money. I know that the, the big loop companies don't want you to hear this, but for daily runs like 10 K to 20 K, Vaseline works just fine. 
you know, a big tub like this costs $4. Don't ever use this in a race. It doesn't work well enough for a race, a long race. But short training runs, don't waste your uh, squirrel's nut butter or trail toes or body glide or any of the name brand stuff that you buy. Vaseline works fine. I use this a lot. Just I usually put it in my inner thighs. Um, that's the only place I might get chafed during like a, if it's a really hot 10K run or 15K run. But Vaseline works really well. Only bad then also if you're starting from your house, it works really well. If you're going to a race and you take this and it's hot, by the time you get to the race, it's going to be liquid. That's a disadvantage of Vaseline. But it won't freeze like um, bad like the other ones will. So, But if you're running from your home and it's just a training run and oh, it's 10, 20K max, Vaseline works fine. You'll save a lot of money. <clears throat> what else did I want to show you? Uh, it's good to keep a little uh, emergency um pack in your pack <laughs> um i've got some kt kt tape in here pre-cut some special bandages and also some alcohol prep um um like um you know towelettes where you just rip them open <coughs> you can buy them a box like a hundred of those it's nothing cost much so I keep this in my pack. Like if I really run into a problem, I've, not, I've, I've given them to other people, but I've never had to use them. That's the kind of thing is if you don't have it, something's going to go wrong. But if you keep it in your pack, it's very light. Um, can really save you if you like you lose the back of your heel or some for some reason. You can bandage yourself up and uh, KT tape works really well. They have I have the pre-cut ones and I also have some that I made myself. And then I have some bandages because, you know, sometimes you might just fall down too. You might bang up your knee. You might need something, something like that works really well. Also, I use these baggies and I'll put like some baby wipes in them. And that's just so, you know, like if you have to go to the toilet out in the, you have to do like a poop out in the forest or something. I've never had to do that. Um, always take care of myself before the race. What, what do you mean, Rich? I get up like, two hours before the race, drink a lot of coffee, eating. By the time the race starts, I'm pretty cleaned out. If you get up right before the race and you ate a bunch the night before, you're going to have problems. And you don't need to eat a lot before a race. Whatever you put in your body the day before is fine. I usually eat like a bagel before the race starts. And that's it. Uh, you put too much in your body in the beginning of the race, you know, you're going to have to First loop, you're going to be trying to find a toilet and you're going to lose a lot of time and you lose a lot of lube too. You know, like I said, you know, butt crack is a big problem. You go take a poop somewhere as you lose all your lube. So you, and then you have to lube up again, you know, it's kind of a messy thing to talk about, but you know, proper planning can save you a lot of time and you might need that 15, 20 minutes at the end. I talked about banged up toes. I lost a bunch of toenails and, uh, some of the toenails that remain, sometimes they're black. Um, you might think that that's like bruised or something. No, it's like infection. Um, I went to a foot doctor one time and I had some blackness around my toes. And he says, no, that's not from being banged up. That's just kind of infected. Um, there is a way to get rid of that. And um, let me see. This is called Formula 7. Uh, 
But if you go to the foot doctor, you know, the podiatrist is what we would say, you can buy this from them. It's kind of expensive, but you apply it once per day and it'll make the black blackness go away. You just put it around the edge of your nail. You don't have to put it over the complete head, you know, the cuticle. It's all you need to apply it to. And it's just once per day. But the ones that the stuff that you can buy in the store, they say that it doesn't work very well. But this one works pretty well. I'm not sponsored by them. I just have some myself, Formula 7. I've seen people in podcasts talk about what, how to fix black toenails. That's how you do it. Use the Formula 7. You can get it from a podiatrist, foot doctor, basically. Um, it's not prescribed, but they have it available to sell. Um, what kind of socks were I, what was I wearing in the race? Um, I wore these Jinji toe socks. These are the the trail version. I have a lot of them. I've been wearing Jinji for years. Um, I have the the road, the trail, and the ultra. The ultra is kind of hard to get. It's a little bit. It's the thickest one. I saw at the 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 running event, the TRE show, the Injinji booth. I asked them why you can't buy the ultra ultra versions right now. They said it's a supply chain issue. It should be soft soon. But like if you go to REI, where they sell the Injinji socks, you can't buy the ultra ones. And even on their website, it's hard to get them. Also, running warehouse doesn't have them. They only have the trail. The trail are pretty good, but I like the ultra a little bit better. The problem with the road version, they're just too thin and the toes wear out. <coughs> so I never buy the road version anymore. So I just buy the trail and the ultra. Um, but these work really well. Um, toe socks, they splay your toes, means that they, you know, I have one of my toes that try to curve in. These are real good about keeping your toes separated and they protect your toes from rubbing against each other and causing blisters. That's a big deal, especially in a really long race. I never have toe blisters. I did this race. I think it was caused by the, you know, rubbing the top of the shoe. I didn't, I didn't have any blisters between my toes and I haven't in over an, over a year, maybe longer. And it's because I wear the Njinji socks. I also wear the Exoskin, Exoskin socks, the, I like the exoskin socks a lot, but they're not very thick. They're more like the, the Njinji um, road ones. If exoskin came out with a thicker sock, boy, that would be awesome. Because I like the I like how they build the whole sock, not just the toes. In the material, I like a lot from exoskin. I have a lot of their shorts, all different sizes. Huge investment in exoskin. I probably have over $500 in their clothing, maybe more. But their socks, I just not thick enough. I have one pair, but I can use them for training runs, but I would never use it in a race, a long race anyways, over 100K. But in Gingy socks work really well. If you're having blisters issues, go to Toe Socks. And they have a patent on it, so I think Exoskin pays them money to, to make Toe Socks, but all the other sock companies, they don't make Toe Socks, and they say, well, we just don't think they're needed, but that's not true. They just don't want to pay the patent, pay the royalties to uh, Njinji. Um, I got some samples from Right Sock, the two-layer socks. I'm going to try those out. A lot of people talk about those, so, but the idea is that one layer moves, one the layer doesn't. One moves with your, with your feet. I'm going to try it out. 
I'm interested to see how that goes. But um, but anyways, the race went really well. Um, hope you learned something from my live stream tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, future races. And uh, um, I'll show you my swag here. It's my Brazos Ben hoodie. I don't like hoodies too much. I got so many of them because they're too hot to really run in. I usually use them for just um, casual wear, going to the mall, going to the store, something like that. I got quite a few of them. I'd much rather get like a tech t-shirt or a tech tank top. There's not many people, not many people give those out anymore. So, but um, what else do I want to talk about? That may be it. Not many people in the chat tonight. Um, so we're right at one hour. I think I'm going to end this thing. Thanks for watching. Hope you learned something and stay tuned for a future broadcast. Take care. Bye-bye.